Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf online, sunburymotors.com. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Customer service, number one to them, because they're great people. They care. They know what it's like to sit in your chair. They know you want to be fully insured. And doggone, you want to save some money wherever you can. They do everything they can to accomplish both. So whether it's auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, Purdy Insurance, the pros, pros, the ones that turn to Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Okay, we've done a lot on Baltimore, Kansas City to this point. Uh, again, for the most part, Kansas City played error-free football, got the lead, played with the lead, didn't drop the ball, not committing foolish penalties. Uh, Davian Clowney, not a great penalty. Van Oy, terrible penalty. Three turnovers, all bad. Zay Flowers, nightmare game. Let's see if he learns from it. He is a wonderful talent who's added a lot. Remember I asked Bo Smolka about Zay Flowers last week and what a difference maker he's been for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, again, on on the biggest stage of his career, turns in an above-average performance on a day where above-average, especially with Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline, is not good enough. It's not good enough. The interception he threw into triple coverage was a... Just a bad decision. I mean, you're like, what are you doing? I mean, when the best play of the day he made was the one where the ball got deflected to him and he gained 13 yards, that's not a good sign either. Actually, the best one, when he threw it into triple coverage in the end zone, Isaiah likely held his hand up while he was being triple covered like he was open. That kind of made me laugh. Yeah, well, guess what? Uh, The quarterback has the best view of it, and he, he made a bad decision. Uh, it's just Josh Allen did the same thing on the final drive against the Chiefs. You can't get your yourself to a point where something's working, something was working, and then suddenly flip the switch and I'm going to be a gunslinger. And that's what Allen did at the end of the game against the Chiefs. Good plan, good plan, good plan, good plan, and then he went gunslinger the last couple of plays. Like no, stick with the plan. Lamar Jackson decided to be gunslinger on that play. No. Okay? That's okay, that's not the right play. And okay, and that's you know, we talk about team, a lot of times teams lose games cuz they're the ones that make the most mistakes. Baltimore made a lot of mistakes in the game. Now let's get to Detroit and San Francisco. Detroit comes out and they're leading 24-7 at halftime. Uh, and they're controlling the tone and tenor of the game. The issue for Detroit, let's go back to what, remember when I was talking about Penn State basketball where I talked a little bit about Detroit. And I said in Penn State basketball, the first 64 feet, 
fabulous. It's like the team that gets sacks. Okay? All those sacks cover up deficiencies in the secondary. Simple as that. All those steals, deflections, takeaways, disruptions cover up the fact that your half-court defense has been struggling. The way it is. Detroit was not getting sacks on this particular day. He got pressure on Brock Purdy, who then... That's the best I've seen Brock Purdy run. Um, whether it be at Iowa State or in this particular game. And what didn't Brock Purdy do when he ran yesterday, Todd? What didn't he do? Not one time did Brock Purdy, running out of the pocket, slide. Not once. Every single time he was diving forward. Get out of bounds? Nope. Stayed in bounds, diving forward. Did not slide. You're on the sideline, and you're seeing your quarterback playing with that kind of effort, throwing himself out there like that. Now, many of the coaching staff's probably sitting there saying, Brock, slide. I don't blame them. They need him the next play. Yet he's not thinking that way. The Ayuk touchdown was huge. But in my opinion, and again, no dog in the hunt at all. That was offensive pass interference. He pushed him. I mean, and not only that, the push is in in open field. He pushed the defender. Now, I'm not saying he comes down with the ball, but the push put him in an awkward position where it hit the face mask, and then Ayuk, to his credit, made a great play concentrating and catching the ball. But that was offensive pass interference. I mean, it's in the open field. I mean, who pushed whom? He pushed them. Okay. All right. So you catch a break there. Huge. On a great play that had a lot of emotion to it. And then the other one was the fumble by Gibbs, which was a such a big, big moment. The 49ers had just scored. The first play from scrimmage. Goff and Gibbs, there's, it's not the smoothest exchange. He fumbles the ball. They're at the 25-yard line. They got a touchdown out of it. That was a gigantic play, uh, without question. I was going to say Gibson made a, a great play on that to, to punch that, that ball out. It might not have been the level of, of Sneed's play on Flowers, but... yeah, oh, no, a, I, Yeah, he did, but the ball was already loose to begin mm-hmm. with. Right, uh, on just on the exchange, you could see Gibbs was kind of like fighting himself to get the ball. Right, and you're right, Gibson punched it out, and then Armstead recovered. Gigantic play uh, in the game. The other one was the Jair Brown play, which was huge. When Detroit ran really a well-executed flea flicker, and he's he's got Williams because Thomas is uh, is three steps off. I mean, he's got Thomas beat. And Jair came over rotating from the safety spot, and he broke the play up. That was huge because that was going to be a touchdown for Detroit on that play. Uh, And now for the fourth down calls. All right. So the first time, what, what struck me about the fourth down calls was above all the distance needed to go on each one of the three. Like, because eh, what you'll do on third down sets up your decision on fourth down. 
Well, they didn't do enough, in my opinion, on the third downs in these situations to have you sit there and go, eh. So the first one, I got it, I think, because you, you you know, hey, Todd, you've listened to me. Jack Ham and I do broadcasts. We're, we're always talking about, okay, you know, let's see what they want to do here on third down that might set up fourth down, because we're thinking about four downs, too. All right? So this is not, you know, um, this is not an anti-analytics rant or anything. No, 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 no. This is called Common Sense Football 101. Let's talk about that. That certain situations bring with it certain decisions. All right? So the first time they're driving, they got a chance to, to, to get three. I can see why he wanted to go for it. Would I have kicked? I think I would have. But it doesn't mean Badgley's going to make it. I know he's been making kicks, but it doesn't mean you know it's an absolute. So like, okay, he's going to go for it. All right, I can see he's going. to, Okay, he'll go for it. And then Campbell doesn't make the catch. I mean, Campbell's got to make that catch. Um, that's one. The second one, I've got a big problem with. Hey, you are now in a position here where you're now behind. Twenty-seven to twenty-four. I need to right the ship. And what is it, fourth down and three? Yeah. It was fourth and three. I need to right the ship here. Okay? If I can get a field goal out of this, get some points, which, by the way, would be my first points of the second half, and I can tie the game with eight minutes left, I can look at my sideline and go, okay, here we go, guys. All right. New New game. Eight minutes left. Let's win the last eight minutes. And I thought for sure after not getting the first one that this one would fall into the category. And to me, and to me, there was to me the decision was like I, you know, there's no doubt in my mind I'm kicking this one. First one, I'd be like, okay, I can see why you went for it. This time, I sat back and went, no, man. Okay, you have to understand, right, that. Um, I'll give you a good one here. Let's take one of the great coaches of all time. And that is, of course, Vince Lombardi. All right. 1960 NFL championship game, right? Uh, the Eagles are playing at Franklin Field against the Packers. Okay. And the Eagles won the game 17-13. All right. There was a point in the game where Lombardi, in his first postseason game as a head coach, went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. And he said after the game, You get into games like these, and you need to be smart and take the points as the long-term play. Oh, and by the way, had they taken the points and kicked a field goal, and I think I think at that time Don Chandler was their kicker, I think. Um, if they'd taken the points, where did the game at Franklin Field end? At the nine-yard line, Remember? Like Nerick tackled Jim Taylor at the nine yard line. 
Well, guess what? If they'd taken the points earlier in the game, okay, where it would have been 17-16, guess what Green Bay needed to win the championship at the end? A field kick. Goal. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly right. A field goal. Okay? And Lombardi said that of all the coaching he had done at that point, he says, I'm not going to make that mistake again. When I have the opportunity to get points, I will, I'll, I'll take the points, especially at that stage of the game. Okay? Now that's from, I'd say, part of the platinum standard of, of coaches. Who lost, by the way, oh, how many postseason games in his career? Oh, that was it? That was the one? Okay. He lost one playoff game in his career. One. And if you ask him about the biggest mistake he made, he said it was not getting points earlier in the game and going forward on fourth down. And Paul Horning, by the way, was the kicker. Horning could do everything. Um, now, it doesn't mean Horning's going to make the kick at the end of the game. But instead of ending up at the nine-yard line, as I needed a touchdown to win, if they'd kicked the field goal earlier, they'd have won. And he's always said that was one of the biggest regrets he had and one of the bigger lessons he as a coach learned that in a game of that magnitude, not a regular season game in Atlanta, not a preseason game in New Orleans. This is a playoff game. He said there are certain moments where you take the points. He says, and it was a valuable lesson I learned that day in Philadelphia. Right? So now back to this. First time through fourth down, I was like, all right, they've done it all year. I can see why. It's normal for his team. Their coach is showing confidence in them, the whole thing. Second time, though, I take the points. And I'm not saying Badgley is a lock to make it, but it was not going to be that long a field goal. I take the points at that point, because right now the boat is taking on water. I need the, I need my sideline to feel some sort of energy, like, we're okay, guys, we're tied, we're, we're back on track here. And it didn't go. It didn't go. I mean, are there other reasons why they lost? Absolutely. Couldn't get to Purdy often enough. Purdy was able to, to keep plays alive by running the ball. Uh, you know, Ayuk makes that great catch. Like I said, my opinion was it was offensive pass interference, but that doesn't matter. He still makes a great catch when it's all said and done. The Brown play where he broke it up at the goal line was a great play. The Gibbs fumble was a huge play in the game. Uh uh, as to what it meant, and Gibbs had a really good game, uh, and their in, and their ability to finally be exploited by the pass game, you know, that which has been Detroit. They're a middle of the pack secondary for the most part, um, and and so forth. I mean, those all add up. As for the coaching decisions, first one I'm okay with, but the second one. No, the situation to me called for, you know what, guys, we need to get something out of it. Let's get some points here. Get some points, tie the game. I can look at my sideline, say, here we go. 
right? And I know, yeah, well, he's trying to win the game. Yeah, well, Lombardi went for it on fourth down, was trying to win the game, and if he'd taken the points, he actually would have had a shot to win the game. Didn't mean to bring up Lombardi to the analytics world. They're not sure who he is. I, I agree with everything you said, but I think some of it goes back to they didn't trust the they didn't trust the kicker. He was I think I just uh, he was seven uh, he's seven of fourteen career forty five to forty nine outdoors. And right, that, and that kind of uh, goes back to mm-hmm. you know if you needed to replace your kicker, maybe you get a little better kicker to be going into the playoffs than than a except guy you yet, don't trust. Except yesterday he was he was what two or two or what one one whatever it was one and one. He kicked his field goal yesterday. It was down the middle. I mean I mean he didn't miss a kick yesterday. Uh I I look I'd have given him a shot. I've got fourth and three. I've got fourth and three. I don't have fourth and a yard or a yard and a half. Where now a lot of things in my playbook are open. And no, at that point, the second one I kick. Honestly, I was kind of I was watching and I saw it was fourth and three and I assumed he was going to go for it and then I kind of looked closer at the yard line and I th- kind of thought the same thing like yeah why don't you tie it here there Dan <laughs> right and again like what did I say about Badgley earlier I said look he could have been wide right yeah. wide left could have been blocked whatever but I'd have rolled my dice with that one because I think I had a better shot at points based on how the game was going at the time this is the equivalent of the manager. Well, I use X in the seventh inning, Y in the ninth in the eighth inning, and Z in the ninth inning. And that's how we got to the World Series. And in the World Series, the guy in inning seven is doing okay. The guy in inning eight is doing fine and the closer's getting pounded. For whatever reason the closers hit a slump. And it's like the manager saying I don't care. That's how we got here. X pitches the seventh. Y pitches the eighth. Z pitches the ninth. Yeah, but Z is like slumping right now. Right? This is Kevin Cash with Blake Snell. Well, we've gone forward on fourth down all season long and made it. Well, guess what? I've taken out Blake Snell when they got to the third third time in the batting order. How'd that go, Kevin? Right then, there's Alex Cora who did the other opposite. Craig Kimball's been his closer, 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 closer. Hit postseason, started slumping, struggling, struggled against the Astros, is struggling against the Dodgers. He gets to the deciding game, the fifth game out in Los Angeles. He's three outs away from the World Series. Did he bring Kimbrell in? No. Nope. He brought in Chris Sale, who then promptly struck out three straight guys, including Manny Machado, and ended it. And the Red Sox won the World Series. Because he looked around and said, what's my best option to win at this moment? Not the formula that got me here. What's my best option? Right? Kevin Cash lost on formula. Dan Campbell, I felt, on the second fourth down play, lost on formula. And again, that's not saying Badgley's going to make it. But I would have rather, with eight minutes to go, walked out of there tied at 27 instead of not making the play and my sidelines like on, and all the, all the shoulders went down. And this guy has done not just a good job, 
Dan Campbell has done a great job with the Detroit Lions. He is a heck of a coach. He has the trust of his players. He has the respect of his players. He's made a lot of the right moves all season long to get them into this position. But each position is not an absolute. Each position has to go to conform as to how the game is playing out. And as you're watching the game play out, I've got fourth down. If it's fourth down at a yard and a half less, I am going for it, Todd. I'm going for it. Because guess what? We've been good in that spot all year. It's really makeable. My entire playbook is open. Right? My entire playbook is open. I can do anything I want here. I can sneak it. I can run it. I can throw it. I can do anything. Fourth and three, my playbook's not open. Can't sneak it. Running it is problematic, as they found out on the goal line when they wasted a timeout running the ball. That was not a good call either. Okay? Like, that made no sense. You needed to save your three timeouts. Because now you can score a touchdown, kick it away, and you can use your three timeouts, bang, 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 if your defense can get a hold, and then you've got at least a shot at it, right? Um, But then they ran it, and it's like, yeah, I had to use a timeout, and that killed the strategy. What are the unintended consequences? You always have to bring that into account. So you can tell in some ways there were a couple of coaching decisions made that were the first time we've been in this spot, and you're like, eh. I'm sure Campbell probably feels strongly to this day and we'll continue that I should have gone for it on fourth down like I did. First time, I'm okay. All right, I can see why. All right, this is what we do. This is how we play. I got it, and they almost got it. Campbell dropped it. Um, or Reynolds dropped it. I think it was Reynolds that dropped it. Right? Second one, I'd have taken the points. Right? In fact, I was sure he was going to take the points at that stage, especially with the fourth and three. I'm like, eh, this is... There's like fourth and like a little bit more than three. I'm like, eh, okay, this is a little bit. And again, Badgley can miss the kick. I got it. But I think he was bound to determine to go for it on fourth down no matter what. They didn't do enough on any of the third downs to set up a fourth down that made sense. And that's the key. What do you do on third down? And they didn't get close enough on the third downs to then really get a defense on its heels. You know, it's fourth down, a yard and a half. I can take Laporta. I can slip him out and just do a quick play-action fake. Right? Something like that. And then they dropped the ball. Reynolds dropped a couple of big ones. Laporta had a big drop over the middle. And San Francisco wasn't dropping balls in the second half. Played great. Purdy played really well after a mediocre first half. Purdy doesn't do anything that's outstanding He is just somebody that has the ability, in most moments, to make good, solid winning plays with the people around him. And let's face it, Brock Purdy a year ago is getting ready for surgery after having his arm torn. I, I think that's the biggest thing about him running around like that is you saw what they are without him this year and and last year in that NFC Championship yeah. game. His Shanahan's uh, heart must have been in his throat a couple times. Well, you know what? Oh, I'm sure. But you know what? It, it just showed me Brock Purdy 
wasn't really thinking about anything except what can I do to win in this moment. Um, and I thought that was important. And I think it translated to the rest of his, you know, and the throw he made to Juszczyk on the sideline, I mean, he should have been sacked on that play. And somehow, to his credit, he got out. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. The pros, pros. I mean, they're just really terrific people who are just great at their jobs. Why? Because customer service means everything to them. Great people care about other people. They care about you. So they want to make sure you're fully insured, and they want to make sure they save you as much money as they can wherever they can. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Uh... So, by the way, just to on Michael Badgley, I mean, let's be accurate on the numbers. In the last three years, from forty to forty-nine yards, you know what his numbers happen to be? Fifty percent. Eighteen to twenty-two. Eighteen to twenty-two between forty and forty-nine yards. Okay. Like I said, the first time, I'm all for it. I'm like going, okay, I can understand what we're trying to do here. Let's let's make a little statement here. This is what we do. This is who we are. He goes for it on fourth down 34% of the time. Okay. I, I sat there and went, okay, that makes sense to me. Second one, you got 732 to play. I can tie the game and turn this into a, you know, I get two possessions, you get two possessions, let's see who wins. That's what I've got. That one I disagree with. That one I disagree with. And then running the ball, uh, what down was it? Second down, whatever it was at the end. No, 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 you can't risk taking the timeout there. I need the timeout to play the strategy out. They kind of they, they, they kind of botched that one. That you got to throw the ball there because an incomplete pass stops, stops the clock. I still have my timeouts. Okay? Uh... So, yeah. So the Super Bowl is now set. Uh, the suit's been telling everybody that he picked both these teams to be there. We have tape that says a different story. But that's okay. Evidence is never big, big to him. How about Nick Sirianni? In the last... 12 months he will have three offensive coordinators and four defensive coordinators Steichen Johnson and now Kellen Moore and no offense to Kellen Moore but remember I was talking about Cliff Kingsbury last week like I don't get it because I've been watching him for a long time, I don't get it. I'm with, I'm like that on Kellen Moore. I don't get it. I watched him with the Cowboys. I never got it. 
Did you? I mean, they were, they didn't do much in the playoffs, but I mean, they they got a lot of yards. <laughs> I mean, but I, I didn't get it. I watched them with the Chargers this year. I didn't get that one either. Like, okay, I didn't get it. Uh, so this is one where it's going to have to be show me. I don't quite get it. Vic Fangio's a pro's pro as a defensive coordinator, but that's the fourth defensive coordinator. Gannon got the Cardinals job left. Then they then they then they go, what, Asai and then Matt Patricia. Now this, okay, I can tell you this. Nick Sirianni will not get an opportunity to hire a fourth offensive coordinator or a fifth defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's probably getting fired mid-season if he needs to hire new coordinators again midway through the year. Right. If he needs new coordinators, there is there is a bigger issue than that, and he will be the casualty, not the coordinators. He will not get an opportunity to hire a fifth defensive coordinator or a fourth offensive coordinator. Uh, so this had better work out. And we'll go from there. I mean, now if a guy happens to leave because he gets a head coaching job, that's that's different. Shane Steichen did get a head coaching job. Jonathan Gannon did, much to the chagrin of many, get a head coaching job. Okay, like it seemed to confuse the masses that he got a head coaching job, and then he beat them. Um, so, well, I, I think a lot of people put a lot of. Uh stock in that second half performance of the Eagles defense in the Super Bowl and thinking that maybe he didn't deserve a head coaching job. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, when you have 70 sacks, oh yeah, it covers up the deficiencies of your secondary. When you are not sacking the quarterback, your secondary has the unfortunate opportunity of being exposed. They couldn't sack Patrick Mahomes. They got exposed. This year they went from 70 sacks to 43. That's not a scheme thing. That's just the way it turned out. Okay? All right? And um, that's the way it turned out. But the key to the Eagles' defense and its success a year ago was based on getting 70 sacks, which covered up the deficiencies of the back. By going from 70 to 43... It exposed the deficiencies of the back, and teams exploited it. So, is a harsher word than exploited? I feel like exploited isn't enough to what happened to the Eagles' back seven in the last half of the season. <laughs> While I understand, I'm a kind, I'm a kind individual. <laughs> I'm sure so, Matt has other adjectives for it too. Yes, but it's a family show. This is true. Right. right. And, I, and you listen to his kids talk like truck drivers now, and you can tell they're sitting with him during Yankee and Eagles games. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, it's really kind of disturbing. Uh, all right. Two guys passing away, different ages. Um, but I wanted to recognize. One was a guy named Ed Sidwell. Ed Silwell was 88, passed away mm, about 10 days ago or so. Maybe two weeks ago. Well, 10 days or so, Ed passed away. He was 88. 
Penn State grad, ultra-successful guy, great guy, no ego, and did a lot of public address announcing at Penn State for various sports. Great voice, classy, uh, just really liked Ed a lot. Just a good, good guy. And again, you know, you heard him at various events, whether it was whether it was wrestling or whether you heard him at, at, at men's and women's gymnastics, whatever it may have been. Ed did his did his part on the announcing side and was just first class at doing it. And uh, he passed away at the age of eighty eight and we wanted to recognize him. The other one eighty eight's not going to be a shock. I mean it always hurts. But Milos Bogatich, 39 years old, esophageal cancer, played basketball in the mid-2000s at Penn State. They had a recruiting class where they went to Europe. They got Nikol Brodovic, three-point shooter, Milos Bogatic, 6'9", guy inside, inside-outside player, and the other one, the third one, was from Sweden, Jonas Swatamo. Jonas ended up getting his degree in film at Penn State and is now plays the role of Chewbacca in the Star Wars movies. All right? Milos was a riot. A riot. Obradovich was a fun, nice, down-to-earth guy, good shooter, uh, unfortunately, you know, you know, didn't play enough defense, and you know, had to, you know, had to get a little help to get his own shot. But when he shot, he was really good. Jonas could run the floor up and down. Had a couple of good games along the way. Uh, very classy, nice, great guy to be around. The whole thing. Milos on the other hand, was a riot. So one day. He comes up to Dick Girardi and I, and he says, I am the Larry Bird of my country. What? He says, I am the Larry Bird of my country. Really? Okay. So, we're doing the introductions in the pregame, and he's starting that night. And I said, and in the middle, I said, for the Nittany Lions, Milos Bogatich, 6'9", freshman from, and I pause, and Dick jumps in. He goes, from French Lick, Yugoslavia. <laughs> and for the uninitiated, French Lick is where Larry Bird grew up. French Lick, Indiana. He goes, French Lick, Yugoslavia. That was our tribute to Milos. We're at Minnesota going to shoot around. Nine o'clock in the morning, going over to Williams Arena. We get we get getting onto the bus in front of the Marriott. We're gonna go over the Mississippi River and go over to Williams Arena. And it's twelve degrees. And Milos walks on the bus in his uniform. Like his uniform. And he pauses and looks at the two of us, he says, Memo to Milos. Next time we're long pants, Minnesota. Like, okay, great. This is the kind of guy he was. He had a great sense of humor. Kept playing basketball in Europe. Took up the sport of golf. It was a big accomplishment. He, uh, he loved the fact that he finally was at the point he was breaking 100. Loved it. 
and then uh, passed away uh, last week at the age of 39 because of his long battle with the esophageal cancer. So, just 39. But I want to make sure that we paid tribute to both those fine individuals, Ed Sidwell and and uh, Milos Bogatich. All right. So, we talked hoops. We talked the NFL. Um, let's give Brock Purdy credit where credit. I, I want actually. I want to say something about Taylor Swift. Because um, now, of course, there are people like, "Oh no, Taylor Swift is going to be in Las Vegas." Okay, I think she's got she, her tour is in Tokyo. I think, if I read it right. And but she's gonna she's gonna get there. All right. This is what bothers me about the Taylor Swift thing. What has she done wrong? Except go to the games. She's not sitting in her box firing up a flare. Boom! I'm over here. Here I am. She's not outside the box waving a flag. Here I am. She's sitting there. Doing what other families of players happen to be doing. Cheering for their loved ones. That's all she's doing. And yet she's criticized for it. She's not in charge of the TV network. The TV networks elect to show her. She is not out there trying to make a spectacle of herself telling the entire world, notice me, notice me, notice me. She's just trying to go to the game and watch the game and be enthusiastic about it with other people in the box who are enthusiastic too. TV elects to show her, but TV also elects to show every game Jeffrey Lurie. Right? How many Eagles games you watch? Does Jeffrey Lurie make camera? Every time. When you're doing a Cowboys game, does Jerry Jones make it on TV? Every time. When they do a Patriots game, do Robert and Jonathan Kraft make it on TV? Every time. Now, why do Lurie, Kraft, and Jones make it on TV every single time? Why? Well, Jerry's usually good for a reaction. (laughs) But they're usually because they're the owners. Uh, because all three of them happen to be owners that are on the television committee. Oh, that too. Oh, yes. Okay, over here in the back. You didn't think we knew? All right. Okay. So they'll show them. But we see them all the time. The reactionary shots. Look, I have no dog in the hunt. I couldn't name you a Taylor Swift song. Have I ever heard any? I have a radio, so sure. I you know, I've I've heard Taylor Swift songs once in a great while, and it's once in a great while. Never have seen her. Don't know in terms of the uh, tour or anything like that. I, you know, and I have no idea. All I know is that she's ultra successful. A lot of people seem to love her. And I'm like, okay. But it bothers me that she's getting criticized, and she's not to, what's she doing to get criticized? Showing up? 
She's entitled to show up. She's entitled to be there. Her boyfriend's playing in the game. That's fine. Just like Bethany Mahomes, her husband's playing in the game. Okay. Donna Kelsey, her son's playing in the game. I don't get it. Uh, Now, I know why the networks are showing her. Because right now, what is the coveted market that everybody's going for right now? Everybody's doing everything they can, especially in sports, to somehow get the hook into the 18 to 34 market. Why do you want 18 to 34? Because eventually they become 25 to 54, and that's the, that's the group that does the buying. So if I can get them hooked in at 18 to 34, that means I've got people 25, 54 that are already hooked in and now are starting to buy at 25 to 54, and that keeps my product going strong. That's what it comes down to. And she has a great ability through music, as an entertainer, and so forth, to draw that audience in so the networks show her. But that's not her. She's the one getting criticized for being there. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the networks that want to show her. That's fine. Okay, they show her. But she's not out there waving, like, I'm over here. She's just watching the game. And yet she gets criticized for it. And again, I have, I can't I can't name her music. I've never seen her perform anything. It's just, but as somebody who just sits back and, and looks around and says, okay, I don't understand why they keep criticizing this person. What's she doing wrong? Like, what's she doing wrong? It seems like existing. Yeah, I mean, she's she's showing up to show support. That's fine. She's entitled to do that. I just don't... I don't know. I know people feel better when they pick on somebody else that's bigger, whether in name or in deed or in position. They like to pick on them because they want to pick on somebody because they're powerful. But, like, I don't get this part. Um, you know, I, I don't get it. Um, that's me. All I know is, is I could watch the Chiefs game yesterday because she was in the box, and my daughter wanted to watch the Chiefs game. So that's all I care about. Right. That's the, but again, that's that youth. <laughs> that's that youth marker we're that's talking right. about. Right. And they end up maybe loving the game of football because they're watching the game of football, and they know she's there. But then they end up liking the game too. Um. It's uh. It, it's the criticism of her has baffled me. I I I sat back and go, okay, well, why is it doesn't matter. The TV networks are the ones that elect to show her. She can't help who she is. The exact words I said to the suit, you can't help who you are, man. <laughs> but I had a different reason for saying it. Here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK.
All right. All right, it's uh, Road Week. Uh, I'll be in here um, tomorrow in the studio. Then Wednesday show is going to be at Rutgers. Uh, back here Thursday, uh, Friday. It sounds like we're leaving for Indiana at 11 in the morning. So when they could get the... That's when they, they can get the plane. You'd be amazed how they don't have like eight planes circling over around the airport and we just pick one and go. It just doesn't work that way. Seems like that would be easier. You're darn right it would be. <laughs> Woo. I wish it was like that. Rutgers, 13.1 offensive rebounds per game. A critical part of their offense is the missed shot. That's not the way I'd build one, but that's just the reality of it. They played Purdue tough yesterday. Purdue has this big guy. He's pretty good. I don't know if you've heard of him. A little bit. 